Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. All right, well, good morning. Welcome back to our Footnotes podcast. Actually, this morning we are here with uh, Jacob Singleton. Uh, Jacob, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so Jacob is a, a good friend and uh, a leader in our church. Is actually one of our elders and has been going to our church for quite a while now. So I just thought it'd be a good idea for us to kind of hear from Jacob and uh, his, his family and kind of what he's up to these days in terms of just work. And so, Jacob, uh, maybe let's just start there, kind of a general just intro. Like, tell us about maybe what you do for work and about your family. Cool. So I was born and raised in Virginia. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We can go back. No, no. no <laughs> that, actually, that is interesting, actually. <laughs> you can keep talking about Virginia a little bit, so go for it. Uh, yeah, go, go Hokies. Um, what is a Hokie? A Hokie is a big turkey. So if you're if you grew up where I grew up, you're either you're no either idea. all about Virginia Tech or okay. you're all about UVA. Okay. What if you didn't like college stuff? What I mean, everybody had to choose. It, there was yeah. you 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 would probably have to leave the town if you didn't. <laughs> you <had> to that's <laughs> that's so, why I'm here. So I actually extreme. I actually didn't watch a lot of football, so that's actually okay. why we moved to California. All right. No, no. Actually, uh, my wife and I moved out to California for yeah. me just to pursue my uh, graduate degree yeah. in physical therapy. And after we graduated, we we fell in love with with Foothill, what God was doing here, and we thought we got to stay. Yeah. So we decided to stay and have three kids, and here we are. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, you are now a doctor of physical therapy. Is that Correct. right? Yep. Yep. Doctor Singleton. So what, where do you work at right now? What do you do specifically, I guess, kind of in that field? So yeah, in physical therapy, there's lots of different branches and I deal specifically with orthopedics, mm. which is low back pain. That's the most common yeah. shoulder pain, neck pain, just kind of those general aches and pains that creep up on you or sports injuries. Mm. Those types of things are what I work with the most. And I work at Village Physical Therapy, which is right here in Glendora. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, I, you, you are very learned when it comes to these things. I've definitely asked you questions. I feel like there's been a season in the last five years where I feel like I've hurt myself like at least once a year so I'm always like <laughs> I'm always texting Jacob and like hey so my ankles all busted up now or my lower back hurts really badly so I always appreciate you taking my texts <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure you know I had this professor one time tell me because I asked him I was like what do you what do you do for the people that just come up and ask you questions but you don't really have time to do a full assessment full yeah. eval I like, like this put is going. together yeah, yeah put him in this but, category it's good so uh-huh. so I was really thankful and he said you know he's like your degree is to help people so he's oh, like you give nice. him, he's like you give him the best advice you can and the amount of time you have and I thought that was great advice and that's been really helpful in yeah. guiding my thought process anytime I get those texts, especially from you. Yeah, especially from me. That yeah. guy sounds really nice. I'd like to have him on my podcast instead of you sometime. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You should. His stash is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your just family life too. You mentioned your three kids, uh, married to Carmen. Uh, where'd you guys meet and, and how long have you been married for? So we've been married for 10 years, going on 10 years. And we met in undergrad at Liberty University in class. I was a, I was a back row sitter. Carmen was a front row sitter and I okay. showed up to class late. So there was no seats in the back cause they were all taken. And I found myself sitting next to her and yeah, the rest was history. You met in class. Met in class. <clears throat> That's amazing. Junior year. Yeah. So was it love at first sight or was it like love after a while? That's a great question. It's a long story, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll keep it short. So it that w- means it wasn't love at first it, sight. It wasn't love at <laughs> <Yeah>. first sight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say once we decided to date, we got married really quick. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. once we knew, we knew. Yeah. Yeah. Right out. Right after we graduated. 
So you guys have three kiddos, names and ages? Yep, so our first is Santiago. Mm -hmm. He was born uh, 2015. And the reason I say that, I kind of, in July 11th, I have to mm -hmm. constantly remind myself, because my second one, Daniel, mm -hmm. you know, he was born April 21st. And last time I took him to the ER, they asked me his date of birth and I had to think, oh man, what's his date of birth? Yep. I hadn't thought about that in a while. So the more you have, I don't know, it gets right. more difficult. So, yeah. uh, and then our third is... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like, you're looking down at your phone for notes right now. <laughs> Okay. I don't, there's nothing yes. there. Who's there's the nothing third? there. Yes. Who's my third? Tell us about your children. Yes. Who's number three? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Did I write this down? Uh, no. Uh, Elizabeth Grace. Okay. <laughs> when was she born? She was born July 26th. I got it. I got it. It is kind of a hard question. Just so, remember all these names and dates, even though like they're your own kids. It's like, who are these people? Yeah. So. But the first you like, you know, you got it and then you have yeah. more and then it's like, Oh man, I gotta remember. I gotta remember yeah. all this. They're all important. Yeah, they, they yeah. are. And, they and are. I and I love them, and I love them. So I, any awesome. chance I get to practice their dates, I do it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like practicing in the shower, just like saying it out loud. So like July 26. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah. um, I mentioned before, but Jacob's one of our elders, um, and honestly, this is kind of a. In some ways, a bit of a new, a, a new conversation, a new role that we've uh, we've had at church probably in the last five years. So, uh, Pastor Chris has always been an elder, um, and at Foothill we kind of distinguish, you know, um, elder is kind of the same word as pastor in terms of like that that idea of being shepherd overseer. So, I'm just curious about kind of your leadership journey in the church. Like, how, how mm. did you grow up under under kind of language like that or was this something kind of a new thing for you as you considered eldership for you and your family? That that idea elder pastor kind of being being one, that was something new to me. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't I I I knew the difference in like lay elders and then but I always kind of pictured like there's a lead pastor mm -hmm. and then you have elders underneath that. Right. So so that that idea of all the elders leading together was was new to me. You know, it's it's funny. I I never really thought about being an elder in the church. Mm -hmm. um, if I if I go back, I, I mean I've, I've been a Christian, a follower of Christ for a long time. Uh, but I could just kind of picture myself as being a faithful attendee um, and not really walking in a leadership role and mm -hmm. then my brother-in-law Caleb Wilkinson, he would consistently tell me, you know, we spent a lot of time with him and he say, oh man, have you ever considered this? Mm. Um, I could, I could see your life heading in this direction, you know? And I was, I was like, oh, I never, never thought about that. So he kind of first planted yeah. that seed, that idea. Um, and then, and then from there, I think the, the more involved I became with church as I grew, as I started to have kids and, and even within discipling other people in the church, mm -hmm. Um, I started to realize that this was a calling that I felt the Lord was was putting on my heart. Uh, and then the, w the way that happened was next day I knew I was um, meeting with you guys and going through that year-long eldership process to see if yeah. that was just to even explore that even more. Yeah. And I feel like that it was confirmed and affirmed right. over and over again just through what I was reading yeah. um, during that time that this would this would make sense to to move in this direction. For sure. Yeah, this may be the first time some people are hearing about this kind of year-long eldership process. So actually, would you just even share that a little bit about kind of what what that meant for us and what do we have to do during that time? Yeah, so there was a it was a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was that was really really good. And I would say that's that's when I see like the spark ignite it because I think so many yeah. so many of us we we move through our day-to-day -day life. Yeah. You know, we we have kids, we have wives, we have jobs, and those things just kind of just, we just kind of move through. But when you have to stop and you're put this big reading list together and it's like, I'm reading early in the morning, I'm reading late at night, yeah. that that's an opportunity, I think, when you're seeking the Lord, when you're reading the things of God, when you're digging into scripture, that you really have an opportunity to, mm -hmm. to grow. And so that was a year of 
really digging and searching and then even getting asked questions and having to write out, oh, how would we approach this issue in the church if two people sin against one another? If yeah. someone steals something from someone else, how, how does this how does this play out and how do we counsel that biblically and bring about reconciliation? So it was, it was really good, not just personally and spiritually, but actually learning how to take what, the Bible and actually apply it. Right to like real life scenarios right. and things that happen on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, those case study things were really helpful. Just kind yeah. of even, uh, I think the word fun is the wrong word, but it was it was definitely intriguing, interesting to like talk through Did I say fun? examples. No, 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 I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking like, don't say fun, don't say fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do, you, how do you deal with it when people sin against one another or when there's an awkward situation in the church and, and they're looking for spiritual direction in a way that's unique uh, for that situation. So yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, and I think just this idea of, of, yeah, we, sh- we should all desire, I think we talked about this, desire the office of elder in terms of like, we all w- should be people who are qualified right. um, in our character and our spiritual lives to, to be considered as an elder. So, um, And that was something I never really thought about. Like, as I've heard Pastor Chris and you yeah. like kind of walk through that scripture, it's like, wow, we should all be aspiring to yeah. this to this office. That shouldn't necessarily be a massive that we shouldn't be distinguished between that right, it's like right. oh you should look at people in the church and they should be walking in that way absolutely yeah that's good man so uh how long you been in elder for now wow since 2018 three years three years and yeah. what have you what have you enjoyed most about it uh i know you and i have had a few situations here and there where we've kind of tag teamed some some case studies kind of yeah. real life but yeah. what have you what have you enjoyed most about it i think what i've enjoyed the most is an opportunity to learn from from you guys mm. like people i mean i'm the youngest guy on the elder team yeah. uh but you're, you're 11 years old i'm yeah. 11 years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really weird i don't know why you're on the elder <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no but but i you know i i've i realized like what i've really enjoyed is as we've walked through different issues like like what you said things that we've tag teamed sure. or or the current political climate yeah. or, or yeah, social sure. injustice issues things that we've we've discussed I find myself oftentimes listening and, and learning a lot yeah. uh, from you guys and how to lead. And that's that's something that I've really, really enjoyed over the past three years. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things too that, you know, I think this is a leadership principle in general that once we, you know, well, as we aspire to a, a role and let's say we accomplish that, we get that role. It doesn't mean that we're done growing. It doesn't right. mean that we're like, okay, that's it. Like I, I'm now at the top of the hill. I can kind of just take it easy, and and everyone has to do what I say. That's not the idea of leadership at all. And in the real world, but also in the church world, that we would still continue to learn from one another. And I love that idea of 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 being uh, being a learner all the time. Yeah. What do you feel like, Jacob? Maybe you even mentioned kind of just even the last political last year as far as the climate goes, maybe that's a challenge, but what's what's one of the great challenges you've kind of seen recently in the local church? Uh, yeah, I was, I've been thinking about that and I kind of, I was trying to distinguish between these these two ideas, but I feel like they kind of go together. So yeah. I'm going I'm to do my best yeah, to kind of piece, piece that There's together. There's lots of challenges out there. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, but, but really this idea of uniting under Christ, mm-hmm. um, I've heard this preached from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said in conversations. It's like, it's Christ that unites us. It's mm-hmm. not a football game. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a hobby. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that, that I see is that we tend to gravitate towards people who affiliate with things that we really enjoy. And, and I think that stunts spiritual growth because it allows you 
to walk into a conversation and you don't necessarily need to talk about the things of God because mm-hmm. you have these other things that unite you. And, and I don't think people on a superficial level would ever say, oh yeah, it's like, I mean, I could say running. Is it is it running that unites mm-hmm. me and some of my friends? And I would never say that on a superficial level, but I think if you peeped into our conversations and mm-hmm. the, the things that we were saying and doing, you you would think like, oh, what? how did how do they encourage one another in Christ mm-hmm. and so I think that as the ch- one of the challenges in the church is pushing people to gather and and spend time with people who who don't necessarily gravitate towards yeah. the same things that they do yeah. and and That's I true. and I have this friend so I mean just to put one more example out there I have this friend who um we don't have like anything in common. Hmm. Like we don't, we working out is nothing. It's like nothing else to really gravitate other than we spend time talking about Christ, talk about the Bible. We pray for one another. And every time I spend time with him, which is pretty frequently, that's the way our conversations end up happening. So I, I think encouraging people to get out of their comfort zone and, and spend time with people who don't necessarily enjoy the same things that they do. Yeah could could dive them deeper and create more spiritual growth that's good that's good yeah um maybe just even on the on the flip side not so much a challenge but what what have you kind of found yourself just resonating as far as just hope in the local church lately uh what are you hopeful about or have you seen god's grace lately um speaking like in local church especially foothill yeah um i think one of the things that gives me so much hope is how foothill uh, treats the word of god Mm. it's it is its utmost priority to yeah. to maintain the integrity mm-hmm. of God's word, and I think you see that trickle down into the people. Then I think about the campaigns that we've mm-hmm. done for church planning, mm-hmm. and just how generous Foothill Church has been. Yeah. And I don't think that happens just because they're generous people, but I think the Spirit of God is moving uh, through the word that's preached. Yeah. I think it's through the leadership and how we have given this uh, this reading plan mm-hmm. over this this spring that's been super helpful so i think i think the word of god the way that foothill church treats that with integrity mm. is trickling down all throughout yeah. throughout the people yeah. yeah agreed that's awesome cool man well hey just as we wrap this up just want to um give a chance for people to get to know you a little bit more through our speed round so uh, maybe there's a few things that you've been reading lately or just some things that have been helpful for you personally whether it's at work or just leadership wise so um yeah maybe name some books or resources that you would point us towards cool i i have three right off the yeah. bat that i would point you to and and the reason i would point you to these is because um, i have a family history of depression mm. uh, my grandfather my mom it's it's been something that's her siblings mm. that's been in our family and so three books like if if depression is something which I know a lot of people are yeah, yeah. spiritual depression by Martin Lloyd Jones mm. very good book when I don't desire God by John Piper very good book and God's grace in our suffering mm. by David Pallinson those those three books are really really helpful and just using scripture to anchor your soul yeah um, during during difficult times yeah yeah so. i think that's probably definitely timely for yeah when people may be feeling those those tendencies this past year especially uh i'm not sure if you have one more but like do you have another kind of like maybe um uh a different a different book too just to, to throw out there as far as maybe it's, it's practical maybe it's something that's fun that you've been reading oh. um 21 servants of sovereign joy 
by John Piper. Yeah. I love that. It's a fun book. And you say John <laughs> Piper again. It's awesome. John, uh, John Piper is great, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. And it, what's, what's really cool about this book um, is that it go. it's just, it's a bunch of biographies. Yeah. So if you, yeah. I, I felt, it, I felt it's 21 biographies yeah. wrapped into one book. And it's so encouraging. Like if you're oh, looking to pick cool. something up and read about someone who followed Christ, who didn't waste their life and just want to be encouraged, yeah. uh, that book was I could talk about that book all day. That's awesome. That does sound great. What's, what's your favorite uh, person in that I book? I knew you were going to ask out. me Sorry. That. <laughs> you're like, actually, I didn't read the book. I, actually, I didn't even read it. Actually, I don't remember <laughs> anyone from that. No. Um, and that's, that's funny because I don't remember his name. Uh, but I, I remember a, a story, uh, and this isn't necessarily, this is not going to sound encouraging. But this story, this story is what stuck with me, was uh, a man and his wife. They were, they were missionaries. And I can't. I think it was Adonai Judson. Okay. I think was his Adonai name. Adonai Judson. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he is it, uh, in Burma. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, He's a great Baptist missionary. Mm-hmm. And so you walk, you walk through them and you start to realize, like you start to peel away. He, he starts to talk about idols in his life yeah. and him and his wife had had, had lost many children yeah. at very early ages. And then they had a child that grew up to about three years old, I think. And then that child passed away. And then they had a journal entry from from his wife. And she even talked about how God in his kindness was Mm. stripping away another idol Mm. from their life that could prevent them from doing what they felt like God was calling them to do. And that that story really stuck with me. And like, what's the modern day idol? What does the Lord need to strip away out of my life to to draw me closer to him. So yeah, that's a great uh, name. I think we may have mentioned his name before on this podcast, but he's one of my favorite kind of missionary profiles for sure. I yeah. mean, his work in Burma and also just his perseverance for the faith. And you're right. Like just thinking about uh, when I think about somebody who's like relentlessly passionate about evangelism and kind of personally sacrificing those things at an iron Judson is up there for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, one of the things that I, I just want people to know about you, cause I think it's awesome, but like Jacob is one of the most like one of the best athletes I know. And so I thought we'd just like end here a little bit and just brag on you a bit. So you, you have a couple of pretty cool like feathers in your cap here. So you, first of all, you're great at golf. That's kind of been part of your past, right? You played yep. golf in college. Is yep. that right? Yeah. I played, played division one golf. Yeah. Yeah. I paid for my school. Wow. That. So you literally like paid for school through golf. That's amazing. What's your, yep. what's your like best golf? I don't even know like how to, how to say this, but like, is it your PR? Your my, yeah, my, PR, my, my best round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I shot a 63 in a in a tournament and set at, a course at record what, at what course it's actually at my home course so i don't know if that really counts okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh but yeah it's at my home course where i grew up where's the best golf course you played at before Oof, the my favorite golf course was trump national in washington dc hmm. used to be called lowe's island yeah it was a great beautiful golf course wow. loved it loved it. i played the virginia state open and am there wow yeah, that's awesome. When was the last time you played golf? I feel like that's not really. Wait, that, yeah, but that's a great question. I play like once a year now. You know, okay. actually, I played with Andres. Oh, yeah. um, that was the last time, probably six months ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then also on top of the golf, you you also are an ultra marathon runner. Is that right? Am I yes. saying that right? Yeah. So explain that craziness to people because they probably don't. Even, first of all, the, the word <laughs> marathon is intimidating, but ultra marathon on top of that too. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's in the name ultra marathon. So anything longer than twenty six point two miles. So your ultra marathon distances start at fifty kilometers, which is about thirty one miles, and then they go upwards. That's crazy. Upwards to a hundred or one hundred and fifty mile races. Yeah. Like, why would you want to run that far? I, you know, that's a good question. I I don't know. I I really enjoy it. 
<laughs> that's that's amazing man yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's nice it's something there's something about just like working out your body getting yeah. outside and and i think what really hooked me because i didn't run my first marathon until actually 2019 but i've been running ultra marathons for about 13 years okay and Interesting. and what hooked so me you actually had to like downgrade to just mar- yeah marathons. yeah i had to downgrade no uh-huh. and actually what, what hooked me on the ultra marathons was the was the beauty because all of the yeah. races are like in trails so they're usually in national parks or uh, just beautiful places yeah so that's that's really what got me it was like i get to go run people cheer you on every five or six miles you get to eat some food it's great and you're in a super pretty spot in the state so that that's really what hooked me that's cool yeah that's cool man well hey uh so appreciate your time man thanks for being out here and and just uh, sharing your heart with the church uh helping people in our church get to know you a little bit so yeah thanks jacob for your time man thanks for having me All right, well, we're out of time. But thanks for joining us for our podcast, Footnotes. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined. So until next time, Foothill, peace be with you. Any chance I get to practice their dates, I do it.